Hello, and welcome to another very special Empire podcast, starring none other than the Sunshine Boys, also known as Danny DeVito and Richard Griffiths. Why are they known as the Sunshine Boys? Well, they are starring in Neil Simon's play, by the very same name, down at the Savoy Theatre in London. We brought them in for about 40 minutes, half an hour of chat. We talked about the play, we talked about the films they've been in, we talked about a whole bunch of stuff. So to listen to that, well, keep going. Enjoy. You know, I, I look at it as every single day I look really look forward to going to the Savoy, going to work, hitting the boards, going up there. And this is my first time in, since 1972 that wow. I've been on stage. Cuckoo's Nest off-Broadway was my last experience. And now I, uh, you know, I, I don't know where I got the nerve just to jump into <laughs> the, the, the British theater here with the in the West End. But if I didn't have Richard Griffiths with me and, well, and Thea Sherrick, who was our director, I wouldn't have done it. Well, it doesn't show that you haven't done it for a long time. I'll tell you now, it's very impressive what you do. It's got a lot to do with the play, and it's got a lot to do with the people you're with. I always yeah. feel like, you know, you, yeah. you get that comfort level and and now we're having a lot of i mean really been having a lot of fun from the beginning but like i said we only i i I honestly said this in rehearsal this is going to go by so fast because we were having a ball you know just having a great time it's a give and take play you know Mm -hmm. and if you have um if you have audiences that respond Mm -hmm. you know it's it juices you up and it's just it's that Richard always said it, and then mm. Thea was always saying to me, "It's like Doctor Theater. Yeah. You know, you go in and you, you don't. No matter how you feel, once you get out on that stage, it just takes you for a ride." Yeah. Are, you, are you finding new laughs each show? Because well, you know you're going to find new ways. Constantly working of, on new stuff. Yeah, mm. I, 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 I'm, I'm working on things. That, I mean, I've got all these physical problems that are, are reported in the script, mm. and I'm having to explore them late in the run you know things like his arthritis and diabetes how mm. does that change things you know and he's busted nearly as a cane and uh and all of that keeps creeping in but in such a way as either not to steal ruin the focus or to make him laugh no you wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to upstage me or anything no. <laughs> i understand but by the way he does he does things that you know all along the run where yeah. i am surprised that and things he's like you say we're always working on stuff yeah. but one of the things that got me the other night a big time was he picks up we do this table stuff the moving of the furniture which is like one of the brilliant things that neil simon did in his play and we've you know we're servicing it really doing i mean i think we're really serving the play the author yeah. well but richard added this one little thing a couple maybe a week or two ago i don't remember where he gives a grunt move when he picks up the table and i wasn't really you know i'm just i'm watching him and all of a sudden he goes Oopa. and right. i like that did it man i corpse like crazy i went you know that's what you call it here when the person when the actor laughs yeah. on the stage a couple things he you know just uh, has added uh, that but it's good Kevin. it's like one of them circus things these showbiz people are so full of crap about uh, making an event of something you know, the guy is moving a chair. <laughs> What's the big deal, right? So yeah. he goes, like, you know, every time he touches something, he goes, to uh, to show that we're now doing Effort. something important. So yeah, he does yeah, yeah. it. He does it with the table. He does it with the, every time he touches the chair and lifts it. It's only when you lift something, <laughs> you do that little triumphal noise. Opa is Greek. Uh-huh. and it means like it, it, it's uh, only three letters. O P A. Opa. But they mean it to mean something like, what about that, you know? 
Okay, I did not know. I thought it was just an exclamation. It's like when when well, it is. When they say "oppa," they say "whoa!" Look at that show. When your girlfriend walks in in a negligee and you go "oppa," yeah, that's the thing. You go "oppa." She says, "No, it's Mariana." If you get the name wrong, you're out of here. But it's 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 like that, you know, the weeny weeny details. But it's just that you fill up every. Every it's all about the details that you can pile in mm. more and 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 more because it just makes it easier for the audience and it also gives you time you know because you start off when you're learning these things it's like you know this, you're just trying to learn the first line mm. it's, it, well in my case it's it's unusually bad because I always 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 whatever show I'm doing have a terrible problem with the very first line that I <laughs> say and the first line in this play is a killer for me it goes, how are you? Hello, nice to see you. How do you do? Hello, hello, how are you? <laughs> now, if you can pick the teeth out of that, I'd be really interested, you know, because it's it's a nightmare trying to fill that in. And sometimes you get an audience that is on a crazy high and they applaud when you come in and because they've mm. seen you in something or, you know. <laughs> And you think, oh, don't do that because <laughs> the timing is all talk. screwed now because we, we, we can't be heard. Mm. And we have to stand there like lemons in the doorway, me and poor Adam mm. Levy. And wait, oh, wait, he does. I mean, he's all right because well, the curtain goes up and they see him and they, they, there's a round sometimes. Mm. And that's fine because nothing's yet damaged and his timing is still intact. Whereas if I come in, in the, I'm in the middle of a scene. So if that happens, I'm screwed, you know, because I have to do this fake. Standing there, of standing there looking around. like I can't remember the time of day, which isn't hard for me, but <laughs> you know, I have to be clear about this. But it's something you think, oh, it's so hard to cope with. Mm. And then I've still got this nightmare line to say. You know, yeah. All he has to say is, How do you do? I'm Ben Silver Silverman, which is you know, perfectly good English. And I have to say, Oh, how are you? Hello, nice to see you. How do you do? Hello, hello, how are you? And make sense. <laughs> well, you, you say, you know, people recognize you from things. Your CV, your list of, of, of films and plays appeared in is astonishing. Like, you know, everything from, you know, Chariots of Fire to, I think. Bang, bang, da, long, bang, bang. Well, there, there you go. Uh, to obviously With Nail and I. Yeah. I'm curious to ask Danny here yeah. Have you seen With Nail and I? This is even bigger CV. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. Well, I've seen yeah. pretty much everything Richard's been in. Well, we were going to ask you the same question then, Richard. Yeah. Have you got a favourite among Danny's films? Well, I revisited uh, the, the one for Over the Cuckoo's Nest where he played Mr. Martini. Because, it, it, I mean, it wasn't planned or anything. It just came up on TV just after we'd started rehearsing. Oh, really? And I thought, oh, this is good. I'll watch this. And I, I, I remember I'd loved One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest when I first saw it just because of the... It's it's like it's not anarchic. It's somebody trying to tell the truth, and the whole system d doing its damnedest to shut him up because of that. And it's just about the way we live in this stupid world we live in. And uh, and there was Danny doing a remarkable thing actually, which was almost no dialogue. He carries this character through the movie, and by the end of it, you know a lot about Mr. Martini, and you love him. And you feel for him because he's somebody who is destroyed by the violence of the world and the danger it represents. And he's had to, you know, he's had to go to this very strange place. And uh, it was a fabulous... I mean, the acting all around in that show was just amazing. I mean, Nurse Ratchet, Louise, it was amazing. Louise Fletcher. When you read the book and then you think, well, like, nobody could do this. And then they do it. Yeah. It was divine. 
what about then coming to this one because this is you know old vaudevillians and it's it's kind of in some ways and I'm, I don't mean this as anything but a compliment but it feels like a very old fashioned play uh-huh. it feels like it's a very much a character piece it's yes. very much it brings the vaudevillian comedy that was these guys lives into their lives you yeah. know they, yeah. they, they can't help but think that's that that's the thing with Neil Simon's plays this blend of as you say the, the, the way they, they operated as a team and the way they operated in their show is is like really dovetailed and melded into mm-hmm. their, their daily lives because their their delivery everything is is done in a kind of a way that you know you could j- with one more little twist on it and you could put that on stage mm-hmm. it's like no matter what like conversation they can have a conversation about who's passed away and who's what where they live or what's going on that's that same little routine just seems to be you know if two guys walked out on stage and did it mm. it's uh it's it's gonna work it's gonna make an audience laugh it's uh, so you're right it's it's that kind of uh masterful construction of mm. a play i would like to think of the first act be the beginning of the play being when richard comes on i'm in a prologue <laughs> of, the, of the first scene he's not in yet oh, but then God, when the I'm play starts the play starts when richard enters and then we have a uh, wonderful time together indians what are you talking about i see no z- <laughs> <laughs> no not true not true i heard this on arrival audio publication uh. that richard likes to say occasionally inappropriate things into Danny's ear, yeah. At the end of a show. All right. Oh, did you? Is there is there any truth in that? Well, what happens is uh, the there's a scene in the in the end of the play where there is a moment that the director Thea Sherrick uh, built in to the uh, to the end where the curtain mm-hmm. has a part in the with the audience. It's in the script. You understand? It's I in mean, the script, yeah. and but it is like you know, it's it's. It's, so and in my character, I, I, I go, I go, I go to sleep. Actually, so I'm just telling you at the end. I go to sleep. He, Richard, is still carrying on. So what happens is, make a long story short, he has to tell me when to get the hell off the stage yeah. because the, the audience is going crazy. We're, you can't, you don't know where the where the curtain is. I'm sitting there, my eyes are closed, and he says to me something. Usually to get me off stage uh. anything he wants to say and I won't say it on your podcast but <laughs> there are many many different things that he says lately it's been no I won't tell variations you variations on the theme of we're out of here yeah <laughs> variations on the theme got to get the is that what you meant I mean yeah, you, yeah, you didn't yeah. mean like during the curtain call you were talking about no, the very end of the play that's right yeah. at the very end of the oh, play to right, get me yeah. off stage gotta get him off because I'm there and he's he leans usually it, was, it used to be like I said, God, hit me with the cane. He didn't want to hit me with the cane. Uh, Grab my foot. He grabs my foot or something. But now he's been saying shit like, you know, let's, you know, uh, let's get out of here. Get out of Dodge, Charlie. Yeah, let's get out of Dodge, Charlie. <laughs> he's sad carefully. In, uh, with, with, yeah. with various... Uh, Remove your carcass uh, uh, from the fornicating set. <laughs> you know, or move, move that tush. Tush is a nice word. Mm. It's American theater slang for the gluteal muscle area. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very important. It's good to know. We're learning yeah. a lot of languages here, actually, oh, increasing yeah. our vocabulary. Yeah. <laughs> We've done things. We had a couple of good things though that happened, and the audience really gets off on that stuff. Yeah. We had a we had a great uh, scene where uh, my nephew gives me a tele or is walking around with a telephone in his hand, oh, and God, it, yeah. and it suddenly 
the carriage of the telephone fell to the ground, and he was left with the shell of the phone and a, and a thing. And I said about something pieces, like, "This phone." I said something like, "Keep talking. It's an it's an old piece of equipment. It'll work." You know, it's like my, from my apartment. And so the audience got off on that, and they put you know they were laughed. Everybody was in on it, and we went back into the scene later on. Richard has got the telephone, and he's talking to his daughter. And he says, she wants to talk to you. And I go, who is it? He says, it's, it's my daughter. Who do you think it is? And, and Eleanor Roosevelt, and he goes, I said, what does she want? Said, I don't know. You ask her. And he hands me the phone like this. He just violently pushes the, the receiver out toward me. And the cord is not attached to the phone. It's no, just dangling. And bouncing off. <laughs> and uh, it's like one of those moments where, I, you know, the audience just flipped. And I went and I went over and I grabbed the end of the phone. I looked at him and I stuffed it back <laughs> into, the, into the carriage. Into the and then we kept, talk, we kept going. And as long as that cable was connected to the number two. She was there. <laughs> then she was on she the She was on the line. You know, it was so natural. It was really funny. I mean, you've you've both got this great mix as well of you know theater, TV, film. I mean, you can kind yeah. of just go wherever you want. Does it kind of keep you going in a way, just to be able to chop and change a little bit like oh, this? Oh yeah. Well, I haven't been chopping and changing, but this is my first uh, jump into just... the theater in a long time. But I'm telling you, man, I love it. I'm going to do it again. But I get Show. asked a lot about you know, do you mm -hmm. prefer theater or TV or film or you know, whatever? And really, you know. What I find what's happened in my experience is it's slowly all of it coming together. Mm -hmm. It's just that you, the process is the same for all of them. Mm. Because, I mean, the best movie advice I ever heard about was Spencer Tracy. Now, uh, who told me this? Somebody great, Lee Marvin. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said uh, Lee Marvin came out in the Marines in '45, completely crazy and dangerous and decided to go and fell into acting because it was easy and you know he didn't need to do any work and <laughs> he, he got he landed this job and he was from the get-go he was a very extraordinary looking dangerous young man you understand and he carried that on screen with him and he did this picture called bad day at black rock that was his first picture and he was one of these young sort of thugs, thugs at this place. yeah mm -hmm. and uh spencer tracy the, the one-armed man from the government comes along and they're trying to threaten him and stuff. And Lee, because it was, it was always trying to steal the scene, and he would do something, you know, he'd always be interesting in a shot. So when you had a frame of Spencer confronting, uh, I think it was Robert, a um, uh, Canadian actor, Robert, it'll come to me, uh, uh, was doing this scene, and Lee would be in the background, he'd fiddle with a bandana, or he'd be twiddling rolling a cigarette, roll, yeah, rolling a cigarette, or something, or something, yeah, always doing something. Right. And they'd, say, you know, the director said, "I'm, I'm going to have to let him go. He doesn't understand that the scene is the scene, you know, and his job is not to screw it up." And Spencer Tracy said, "Yeah, but he's a great kid, you know. Give me, a, let me, let me take him to dinner. I'll, I'll talk this out with him." So he took him to dinner, and uh, he said. Uh, because I know this, because I talked to Lee on, uh, when we did a picture called Gorky Park, and he was telling me this story, because I had said, what do I need to know about movie acting? That's what this was all about. And he said, so I, w I was taken to dinner by uh, Spencer Tracy. And he, he slowly got around to the thing where I was, I was about to be fired off the picture, because I was so stupid. And uh, he said, just 
cut that shit out. Just don't do it, okay? If he, if he says you stand there, ask him if he wants you to do anything. If he says he doesn't, don't do it. Just, just listen. So I said, this is Lee said, I said, well, so what, what, how do I get, to, how do I do this? He said, all you have to, he said, listen, I'll tell you the one thing you need to know about acting in movies. It's this. Kid, whatever you do, don't you dare, I mean ever, let the camera find you not thinking. That's all it is. Now, Spencer Tracy said that to Lee Marvin. Lee Marvin said that to me. I said it to you. That puts you three heartbeats away from Spencer Tracy. Yeah. Hey. How about that? That's, That's nice. pretty good going. It's my yeah. my uh, Tuesday's Niall win, frankly, uh, officially. So you, you but, but both of you, in my mind, are, are kind of institutions. Oh, I, 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 I hope I don't come across <laughs> as being too fawning or flattering. Crumbling but, piles, he means. No, uh, no, I mean entirely positively. You're like I, I see you. I meet you today, and my heart is beating, mm-hmm. thinking about all these films you've been in. You've uh-huh. both delivered incredible lines, like iconic lines. Mm-hmm. This is a curiosity question. When people see you on the street or they meet you, you know, at special events, do they say certain lines to you and what are they? Uh, usually with me it's like uh, they'll they'll mention uh, they'll mention a movie. It's like they'll say they'll say the name of a movie like Twins or mm-hmm. which is the most popular one I think. Oh really? Yeah, mm-hmm. out of all of them. In terms of like most people come up to me and talk about that. Matilda's mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. too in terms of the younger generations, but Mainly, it's they'll they'll yell out a movie. Some sometimes they'll yell out a character name, like a martini, or they'll yell out Louis from Taxi, yeah. something like that. But twins really caught a, a popular imagination, yeah. didn't yeah. it? Because it was that such was a like, crazy idea that they actually sort of in the in this weird. It sums up a lot about the weirdness of the world we live in. Mm-hmm. Oh, this world, only this world, in only this world, could that happen? Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> Uh, I get it. Uh, go on. Sorry. Go on. Well, I was just thinking with Neil, I get a lot usually. That's that's the main thing. Grown my son is people like do a that, fan and I have the lines, you know. Yeah. And then I have to. I mean, I don't remember them. You know, it's it's thirty five <laughs> yeah. years ago, and I just did the job and left. You know, and I never seen it. I've never seen. It. Well, I've seen it. I don't know twice. I think it's somewhere. Um, but um, I do remember other people in it. For instance, my sort of favourite laugh in it is Ralphie Brown's stuff, you know, because he's just so brilliant at, 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 at the dealer. And the, the lines of mine, you know, I get asked to do them, and I sort of find, I can't remember them, you know, but <laughs> yeah. people supply them to me, yeah. you know. And it's uh, things like, uh, I can't remember, uh, things like, uh, oh, there's one which is, you terrible C word, mm. which I've been asked to put on a few phones from before now, for very special friends, as very big favours, because it's a pain in the ass doing it, you know. Because I loathe all of that stuff, you know. But they're, 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 that's a favourite. The other one is, um, I do so love a firm young carrot. Do you grow? <laughs> you know, but the one that sticks with me most is, there comes a point in a young man's life when he looks in the mirror and he says to himself, I shall never play the Dane. <laughs> At that point, one's ambition ceases, don't you find? <laughs> and, um, and I'm beginning to think it might. You know, because I, w- I would never have done that. The only Dane I would play is probably Ragnarok. <laughs> you know, the end of time. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Anyway, no, but yeah, it's just Shakespeare stuff's going right over my head. Yeah. Oh, I don't you, know what they're talking about, but I get it. I get, yeah. I get the gist. Yeah. But you were yeah. in Renaissance, man. 
I thought you were, you know, Shakespeare. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why I understand and then, and, Shakespeare. And that, the weird thing about it is that you guys say uh, Renaissance man. Yeah. Oh, and I say Renaissance man. <laughs> Renaissance, <laughs> that's the, you right. say it's like tomato and tomato. That's right. Potato and potato. Yeah. You know the joke about the girl who's going on an audition and she goes up to the uh, on stage and she's got the music and she starts singing and they go... Uh, she goes, they, you say tomato, I say tomato. You say potato, I say potato. Tomato, tomato, potato. Mm-hmm. And the director goes, that's that's uh, very that's enough. Thank you, uh, Miss Levine. And she says, that's Levine. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I wonder whether that, in fact, is a true story. I bet it is. You put nothing past auditions. <laughs> People do things that will take your breath away every time. Um, I w- just finally, on with Nell, I just mm. wanted to mention that we have a writer at Empire who watches it every year on his birthday. Oh, Sam right. Troy, that's his birthday treat every yeah, year. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was the most superbly written thing. Mm. Mm. Bruce worked on it for seven years, you know. It yeah. wasn't just a. He, he wrote one line for the movie. You know, normally when you do a movie, there's constant different coloured pages arise every day yeah. with different stuff that you have to do. Forget the, all that, you know that nine-page speech you had to learn? Forget it. You know, <laughs> j- just say thank you and then we'll cut to the other guy doing the speech. Well, it's like that. Except for with Nell, there was just white pages, you know. That's a bloody script, mate. That's what we're going to do. And there was only one additional piece of dialogue for the whole film. Did you know that? One line is all that was allowed in. Ah. And it was when we said, you said, we've got you three idiots coming off the hill when the poacher's been to the house. <laughs> and uh, you come round the corner of the house here. And uh, and then, Grant, you have to say, uh, you say, oh, look, there's a sack, right? And uh, and then uh, you pick it up and, and say, oh, no, we need a line there, says Bruce. So, right, we'll break for lunch now and then we'll come back and we'll do this line. I'll, I'll think of it during the lunch break. And he came back and he said, all right, here it is. And he wrote this, wrote it on a piece of paper and put the paper in the sack. I said, right, oh, this, there, it's in the sack. Oh, you come around the corner, pick up, he's left, look, he's left this. And, you, and he says, what is it? And, then, and you pull out the letter and just read the, read the letter. Richard, you read it. So it seems simple enough. And the three of us did the acting of hiding around the corner. Turn over, action. And we come around the corner and say, oh, look, he's left a sack and picked it up. What is it? And I said, oh, he's left this. And he produces a piece of paper, and I opened it up, and it said, I have three words on it. Here, ha, here. <laughs> and I said, here, ha, here. Here, here, here. Oh, you mean me? Here, here, here. Look, just say the <laughs> words. Right. So, but what does it mean? Never mind that, just say it. Turn over. Here, here, here. Cut, thank you. That'll do. Next, move on. I said, what does it mean? He said, none of your business. We'll move on. <laughs> and it was, and that was the only new bit of writing, the most incomprehensible three words. <laughs> in language. Took him a lunch break. <laughs> Took him a lunch break. Yeah. But of course it's perfect, because mm. that's, how the, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. how the poacher would, because he's illiterate. Mm. Here, hair, yeah. here. Inside there was a dead hair. That was their supper. Um, I'm, su- I'm surprised, actually, uh, that you don't get Batman Returns more. A lot of us wore Cobblepot, mm. yeah. I do a lot of that. I uh, get a lot of the uh, people uh, imitating the penguin coming up to me and trying to keep their children away from me. (laughs) (laughs) I saw you at the Empire Awards. I was on the red carpet. Oh, yeah. And uh, you walked up. With Tim? You just... No, just you, yeah. Oh, I was on my own. Yeah, 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 you... um, 
the crowd were loving you and just go, oh my god, it's Danny, it's Danny. And you walked up and you made a beeline for a baby. There was a baby right. on a on a there was a lady in a wheelchair and she had her baby. <laughs> yeah. And you went up, you picked up the baby and said, my baby, my baby. <laughs> <laughs> and you kissed the baby and said, Danny DeVito for mayor of London. <laughs> right, right, right. right. <laughs> I did a politician joke. Yeah, I figured that's the first thing that politicians do is jump, jump out. I think I was covering myself too because you never know. If I go pick up a baby, I might have run away with it or something. Oswald Colpot take the baby down into the sewer. Mm. No, but that was a lot of fun. And I came there for Tim. That's right. Mm. That was Tim Burton's uh, award. And uh, actually, I thought I was late. Uh, that's why I was running through that crowd because everybody was stopping and doing all the press and whatever. And I, it turned out that it was a double-edged good, a win-win for me. First of all, um, I was acting like, you know, I was being aloof. I wasn't stopping for any of the press. Uh, so I was going along, and I stopped for the baby, of course. But then I went in, and that was the first thing. Second thing was... There was nobody in there when I got there. It was too. It was early, so uh, I just went and I sat at the table. I had a couple of drinks and I waited. And then shortly after, Tim came, and so I got to breeze right through the red carpet, which is a nightmare. Which we love doing, right? <laughs> we getting, love nightmare. We it. love not. We love red carpet. <laughs> it's, I find it an absolute nightmare. I remember this bloke. <laughs> last time I did one at BAFTA, somebody wrote in the paper and I said, "I spoke to Richard Griffiths last night before the." The most boring person mm-hmm. in the world. So t- a good idiot. I knew what he was doing. You know, I hate people who don't introduce themselves properly. You know, I'm a journalist looking for a quote. Was was kind of on the t-shirt. You know, ah. so I'm. Uh, you know, I won't be abused like that. So I thought I'll be Mr. Bland and just bore mm-hmm. the crap out of him. And boy, did I do that. <laughs> yeah. So now I begin to wonder if that's all I'm good at. <laughs> you you told an extraordinary uh, story as well when you were giving your speech to to Tim, and you've um, both worked with Tim Burton, yeah, yeah. Bruce Lee yeah. Hollow yeah. as well. Yeah. So. He's a dangerous man. He's a good. I love Tim so much. Yeah. What we what was the story? Your, your story was from Batman Returns, and it was about a um, oh about the monkey. Yeah, it was about the monkey. Oh yeah, the monkey you brought the house down. The monkey was like a. It's a favorite. Where the you want me to tell it? What happens? Mm-hmm. What, well, what happens is I'm in my costume and my all padded up and I'm just standing in the corner and Tim comes up to me and says here we're going to do this thing what's going to happen is there's this long staircase in the set and he said look up top up atop the staircase there's there's a, a trainer and a rheasis monkey little monkey dressed in a little suit and uh, he said the monkey is going to deliver a note to the penguin me from Batman Okay. he says so we'll watch what's going to happen they're going to we'll rehearse it a few times so the trainer up, they, he ducks, the, lets the, the monkey go. The monkey comes monkeying. He's got a monk, a note in his hand. He comes down this long staircase, and at the bottom of the stairs, the other trainer is with, grabs the note. He says, "That's all you have to do. You have to go where this other trainer." The second trainer is and mm-hmm. take the note. Yeah. So I said, "That sounds good. You know, good." So we, they did it three or four times to make the monkey really used to it, and then. We start with the cameras. We roll the cameras. And uh, I'm, of course, in my penguin outfit, yeah. Oswald. And I usually had this little uh, I had this little container of, uh, it was kind of mouthwash with uh, kind of food coloring in it that I would take a big gulp of, uh, put in my mouth before I started to talk. So that there would be always drips of, like, goo and ooze coming out of my mouth when I was speaking. And it was black, viol looking stuff. And 
So they release the monkey at the top. I see the monkey in the shot, and I walk over to the bottom of the staircase. But I go over in like character. the pen- penguin. The, yeah. And the monkey comes all the way down the stairs, takes one look at me, <laughs> gets totally freaked out, and leaps for my balls. Just grabs me right in the crotch and wow. and and latches on with his teeth and his his head's going back and forth and I'm like I'm I'm you know like there's a monkey just totally attached I've, I've to got my crotch here. yeah and Tim comes you pay over a fortune for that elsewhere you know right it comes over people come over the the trainer comes over and has to rip the monkey off okay so now thank God. I have pounds of this suit material on, and but we go to take the monkey took a chunk out of the padding that was the size of a golf a baseball, and it was you know it got dangerously close. But if it wasn't for that suit, you would have been in a very squeaky situation, right? Right. You'd be a boy trouble all over again. Totally castrati. (laughs) Goodbye. We've all been there. And a bad way to get it taken off. Whoa, animals, they're so dodgy. Yeah, we we, we don't like working with kids or animals, do we? Yeah, no. He said to me, you know, Tim, he said, All I want you to do is stand on this hill, and we're all right behind you, and the camera is going to be over your right ear, right? Your ear is going to be framing the shot, so your ear is over to the left of the frame. It's really important, You whatever happens, you do not move. Because if you move, we'll lose the shot. Oh, okay, says I. I'll just have to stand it. Yeah. Right. And the brilliant Robert Inch, who is master horseman, is going to burst out of the woods down there, which is two acres away, on this galloping black stallion, which is slightly out of control because he wants somewhere to put his willy, you know. And uh, he's going to come charging across the, 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 this little cane field, I mean, uh, this cornfield, and then r- charge up the hill. We're in a sound stage, you understand. We're not out in the rolling countryside. Mm-hmm. It's a sound stage, right? This hill that I'm standing on is right in the corner of the studio. I said, what, the horse, where's the horse going to go? I said, well, it's going to come to your right. I said, but I'm only sort of <laughs> a few feet eight, away eight from, the from the wall of the building. Right. He said, yeah, yeah, don't worry about oh, that. <laughs> And and is Robert going to be all right? Because he's got this blue bag on his head. Yeah, he'll be fine. He's got a what? A blue bag. A blue, a blue, bag blue plastic on his bag. Head his head was matted out of the frame. So he's the headless it, yeah. horseman, you see. Headless, right. And I see. And what's going to happen then? He said, well, the thing is, because of the, the, your ear, we get a reference as to where you're standing, right? And he's going to come right up th- and through this gap on the galloping horse, right? And at the last minute, he's going to produce this sword and he's going to swing to take your head off. Oh. And the sword is going to start low. We can't see it in, 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 except at the bottom of the frame. And then we'll see it flash through the frame up, and it'll go just over your head, right? And then we'll cut. I said, well, he's going to be doing about 30 miles an hour, and I've, I'm standing like my arms stretched away from the wall, and there's a drop behind me. And uh, I said, how's he going to stop the horse? Said, oh, well, he's going to going to put it over this drop like an Irish bank and then do a right turn and make it spin on the spot and then that way it, it won't go through the side of the building <laughs> oh okay and uh, and I, you want me to stand and he's, what's he going to do with the sword well the sword's going to flush so this oh I see so he's going to come past me with the sword 
and then swing it. This is all a shot on the back of this your is the head. One, this is the one shot. Like on, on my, your ear. On my ear, yeah. From the back of your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over my... Uh, normally, it'd be shoulder. And uh, I said, how many times are you going to do this? He said, oh, just once. I said, no, let's do it twice, because it means I'll have to be here. You know, and oh. they... It was terrifying. It looked, uh, probably looked like nothing on the screen, but uh, I'll tell you, it's one of the scariest things I've ever done in my life. <laughs> and we did it, you know, and said, oh, it was fine. Do you want to come back tomorrow and see the way you, your head rolls down? Hill? You, no, I don't want to see that. Uh, I hope you were wearing your brown pants. <laughs> I, 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 I was up to my neck in brown paper bag, I have to tell you. It was I mean, it's the like biggest one, sick bag you ever saw. I, I once talked the director into letting me do my own, one of my, a stunt, jump mm-hmm. off of it. I was like in my 20s and I wanted to do it and it was like, it didn't seem that much at the time, you know, I said, what the hell? And I went up to this mountain side cliff and they had at the time they used boxes they put big refrigerator boxes together tie them together and put a a little thin mattress on the top and it looked pretty big it was like when i was down there but when i went up to the thing it was at 15 20 feet in the air it looked like a thumbnail (laughs) so and the wind is blowing and i said oh my god what am i doing i must be out of my mind and i jumped and I did what the stunt man told me to do. I waited and uh, and then tucked in, and it all worked out. And it caught me like a glove, and it was really terrific. But I seriously was terrified. I saw the movie. You could have thrown a sack of potatoes. <laughs> <over>. <laughs> yes. You never know what it was. I know the feeling. It just was that feeling of like, you idiot. What yeah. did you do? <laughs> just to get that, you know, you th- like I thought, and I said, God, you know, because I held. Before I tucked, I thought, boy, I'm going to be on screen flying. Yeah. Second. Nothing. Nothing. I had to do that on a picture, uh, what was it called? Uh, Greystoke, right? All Mm -hmm. about Mm -hmm. Tarzan. And there's a sequence where my character and two others are in this boat, which has been hauled (laughs) up into the trees to keep away from the animals, see, in the jungle. Mm -hmm. And we're about 25 feet in the air. And my character decides to make a break for it. And uh, he uh, he slips over the side of the boat into the night and drops to the ground and makes off into the jungle. And strangely enough, he turns up. You know, he survives. And so that sounds all right, doesn't it? And uh, and then they said, you sliding down that rope looked really boring. I said, yeah, but it was cool, wasn't it? Because that's what I would do. I'm that kind of guy, you know. <laughs> I would climb over the side of the boat and then slide down the rope that leads to the ground, like, you know, which is the staircase, right? <laughs> And he said, yeah, but it's boring. What when you use drop? So I said, well, I'm, I, I'm not, I'll, I mean, I'll fake that, and then you'll get through it. No, no, no. We'll, we'll set this up. And this was in else. This was not even in Africa anymore. We were back in the studio, and they built this studio that was exactly like this piece of the rainforest. It was scary. There's like 50,000 tropical plants in this place, UV lamps everywhere. And the, the boat was hauled up, this rowing boat was hauled up into the trees, and I was, you had to get lifted up to it. On, 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 you know, chains and stuff. And we got in the boat, and, and there's this stunt guy who's wearing a pair of shorts, so short it was kind of a bit Bruno, you know. And uh, he said, um, so here, Richard, is what you do. Um, you, you put your leg over the side of the boat, and then just to your left-hand side, you put your hand like this, turn your hand right round so you're grabbing the edge, then bring your right hand across your body and grab the, 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 the edge a bit further along. And then you slip over the side, slip your toes <coughs> over the side, and just lower it gently and then till your arms are at full stretch, and then just flip back, and you land on the pile of boxes. Really? 
And I said, oh, okay. So, you know, he showed me how to do that, and that was fine. So, didn't you do that? Yes, I can do that. Oh, well, let's go for a take then. Okay, can we sort the lights? Well, first thing is, that was done with the lights on. Right, let's kill these lights, please. (laughs) Set up the storm. It's oh. middle of the night. There's a bloody storm. There's a, the, the light is a flash the of lightning. Wind's blowing the, the wind's blowing. There's a tank above the boat and with eight tons of water. Get and out. They dump the water because it has to be <laughs> in the middle of a tropical rainstorm. When did you do this movie? This, this is uh, in the... Early 80s, maybe? Were you, yeah. Were you with the same agent you're still with? Hugh Hudson. It was right after we'd done Chariots of Fire. You know, all us idiots in that were on this. And I, I came over the side, and, of course, nobody said anything about A, pitch black... B, the wind machines were going. And C, eight tank. tons of water. I leaned over the side Jeez. of the boat, got my hand, and the water went like this, and it just fell off the side of just the thing. Just threw you right off. Crashed down and landed, and uh, twang went the ankle. Oh, uh, the lights came on. Can, can we go again on that? No, Richard's in some distress here. <laughs> oh, dear. So, well, can you get, sort him out? And I was taken away, hop, hopping away and I got to the dressing room and they had to cut my trousers off because the ankle had swollen so much and the nurse had come and said oh that's broken can you sign this I said wait a minute if it's broken what am I signing things oh that's a waiver because you know we can't give you treatment here uh, you have to go to the hospital and uh, I said well I've, I've had my trousers cut off she said I don't care You we can't do anything about that and then Hugh comes back and says Could, can you just come see we've just got one more bit of dialogue where we only need you from the show, head and shoulders so you can say this line. And it was a long time Outrageous. before I bought him a drink again. <laughs> well, I'll tell you. Yeah. But it was horrible. Don't do stunts, is the advice. Oh, yeah. Yes. Very athletic, highly active, trained personnel mm-hmm. can do that and they get paid tons of money for it. If you're just a lousy actor, don't do the stunt because you will die. <laughs> No. That's, That's another piece of advice for all actors out there. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. Yes.